Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the Spurs Cast with your host, Paul Garcia. And welcome back to another episode of the Spurs Cast. In today's episode, I'll be discussing the Spurs' current six-game losing streak, as well as where the team ranks in different areas on the court through 11 games. Let's jump right into this episode. So it's been a little bit over a week uh, since I've last recorded a Spurs cast. Uh, There's two reasons for that. One was um, there's just been a lot of games in between. There hasn't really been a lot of days to record. And then two, as you can tell by my voice, I'm barely recovering from from an illness. So I'm, I'm finally getting better. Uh, but my voice is still very strange. So unfo- uh, unfortunately, if you're hearing this, you know, my voice uh, isn't quite back yet. So uh, my voice won't sound, will sound a little strained for this episode. But, you know, there hasn't been much positives for the Spurs in terms, in terms of wins for this team since I last recorded an episode about a week ago when, when they had just lost the New York Knicks on the road. Uh, so let's recap their last three games. And then what I really want to do is, since we now have 11 games of data, I want to do our first big sample size of where the team is ranking on, in different areas where they're really good, um, where they're kind of okay, and then where they're really having some trouble that's probably leading to these um, six straight losses for the team. So let's go back to um, what happened in these previous three games. So let's go back to Friday in San Antonio. Um, I traveled down to San Antonio or to the whatever. Yeah. So to, to the East, to, to, to San Antonio from where I live. Anyway, I went to San Antonio. I saw, I, I was there, um, you know, to watch the game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, you know, got, got to see a lot of my friends in the media. Uh, so the Spurs were underdogs in this game. They were, they, the Wolves were favored by seven on this night on Friday. It was an in-season tournament night and the Spurs ended up losing by seven. So the Spurs let the Spurs led for most of the first half, but then it was in this. Then Minnesota ended up taking the lead, and then they never quite let go. San Antonio, San Antonio did battle back, but again, they could never quite take that lead from Minnesota. Then two two nights later, the Spurs are playing um, in San Antonio against the Miami Heat. This one was one that maybe the Spurs had a really good chance of trying to win uh, for for a few factors. One, um, the Heat were only favored by two in this game. The Heat were also on the second night of a back-to-back where they were traveling from Atlanta to San Antonio. So the Spurs, though, couldn't pull out the win. They ended up losing this game by five. And what was really bad for the Spurs was that they actually led by a lot in this game. They led by 19 points at one time. Uh, but you know, the heat actually battled, continued to battle, continued to battle. And it wasn't until two minutes left in crunch time that Miami finally took the lead and then held on for that five point win. So again, it was a, you know, pop always talks about a 48 minute game for the Spurs. This one, they let it go in, in the, you know, at that 46 minute in those final two minutes, they just, they just had to execute and hold on to those, to that lead. And they, and they couldn't quite do that. And so the heat, a veteran team, um, did end up getting the win on Sunday against the Spurs. Then on Tuesday, the Spurs traveled to Oklahoma City. It was their second in-season tournament night. The Thunder were favored by a lot in this game, by 10 and a half. And there's a reason for that. Keldon Johnson was out due to, to a right knee injury. And also Trey Jones was out due to a right, right hamstring injury. 
And this one was close for about a half. And then, you know, going into halftime, the Thunder were up by 10 points. And then, no, it just ballooned. The Thunder ended up winning by 36 points. Um, the Spurs just coughed the ball over uh, up multiple times. The Thunder had just had an enormous amount of steals. And so it wasn't a close game at all, basically. Um, it was the, uh, I think it was the third or fourth time now this team has trailed by 40 points already at such an early point in the season. I think it was third time. So uh, whatever that number was, the Thunder did get, did build a 40-point lead. So overall, you know, Vegas said the Spurs should have gone 0-3. The Spurs went 0-3. And what does that mean for the team? Now through 11 games, they are 3-8 and eight overall. They are on this six-game losing streak that still hasn't um, been, been delinquished. Um, you know, their chances to to end it come on Friday against the Sacramento Kings in, a, in their third in-season tournament game. However, as I'll talk about the injuries in a little bit, that's going to be a little bit difficult, uh, a, a bit of a challenge. Uh, in terms of the in-season tournament, the Spurs are now 0-2 after they've lost to the uh, Wolves and, um, and the Thunder. They do have... Uh, Friday's game against Sacramento that counts as an in-season tournament game coming up. And then also next Friday, the Spurs uh, play the Warriors for their final in-season tournament game. So the reason why I say that that Kings game on Friday is going to be very difficult for the Spurs is because they're going to be without one of their, their second leading um, scorers. And that's Devin Vassell. He's going to be out for a third game now due to this left adductor tightness the team announced on Thursday. And then also um, Jeff McDonald, the San Antonio Express News mentioned that Vassell could return on Saturday against the Memphis Grizzlies because the Spurs have you back-to-back set against Sacramento Friday and then uh, Memphis on Saturday. So there's a chance Vassell comes back on Saturday. Keldon Johnson uh, uh, and Mamu, Sandrew Mamu Kalashvili are, are probable to return. So that's a, that's a good sign for the Spurs that they might get Keldon back and Mamu back. Uh, Keldon's dealing with that right knee injury. And, and then Mamu had some mid-back tightness that he was dealing with. And then it still doesn't look like Trey Jones might return yet because he's listed as doubtful for Friday against Sacramento. Uh, with the with that right hamstring injury, so we know that um, Jones has been out now for a few games with that with that hamstring injury. Okay, so now that we've gotten these eleven games uh, for the Spurs, I really want to do a deep dive of um, three different categories. So what so what I'm doing is I'm looking at where did they rank this so far this season through eleven games, and I also have their, their rank compared to last year. And so I'm calling this area elite if they're within the top 10. So they're a top 10 team in the, in this category, whether it's on offense or defense, I'm going to say they're okay or decent if they're anywhere from like 11 through 20. So, you know, somewhere around league average, but not, you know, maybe, maybe a little bit behind league average, or maybe a little bit ahead of league average. And then I'm going to have the, the, the worst case scenario, which is bottom 10. That's anywhere from 21 to 30. If they rank anywhere in, the, in those ranges, that those are the stats I'm going to talk about on those ends of the floor for the Spurs. So let's begin with the elite areas. So there's only a few here. So let's first talk about offense. Uh, let's talk about pace. Fifth, the Spurs are fifth right now in pace, um, averaging 102.2 possessions per 48 minutes. Um, and so again, we do see that with this young team. They're a very quick team. They like to get out and run or get their possession started um, quickly. Last season, they did they did rank second, second. So they're very close to where they were last season. And I do want to note, though, that even though I'm recording this episode on a Thursday evening, I did I did collect this data on Wednesday, uh, November 15th. So that's where these numbers are coming from. Assist percentage. The Spurs, when they're not turning the ball over, they're actually a very good team at moving the ball. They're actually best in the league at doing that. They have the number one assist percentage in the league at 68.9%. And that follows kind of where the team was last year. They were six last year. So, so again, good ball movement for the team whenever they're not turning the ball over. They're actually, they use a lot of assists to create their makes for each other. Um, they're always, they're, they usually share the ball very well. And right now they are the best team at doing that. Here's a stat that shows the the um, not only the Wemby effect, but also I would even say Zach Collins is just impact, uh, effectiveness and scoring near the rim. 
they are now they are they are the second best team in in, in um dunk layup um accuracy. So we call this restricted area. It's basically that, that little circle, the closest area to the basket. The Spurs are second best in accuracy there. So so they're making 70.2% of their shots. And um when you look at the, the attempts, the players who are doing those who are taking those shots, a lot of that is um Zach Collins and Victor Wembanyama. They I think Zach is like at, at 42 attempts and, and Wemby's like at 40 attempts, and they're both shooting very well, over 70% near the rim. Um, you know, really when we think about Wemby just Specifically, he just usually dunks it. If, if he gets the ball in the, within that range, it's rare to see him even try a layup. He usually dunks the ball, um, you know, even if there's one or two defenders next to him. Whereas Collins, he's done a good job of using his body to kind of to, to get, get some pressure um, against the, the defender and then finishing up uh, over that player. And so this is a remarkable difference from compared to last year. Um, last year, they finished the season 25th in this category. And again, right now, through 11 games, they're, they're second in this category. So it's showing, again, uh, one of the big impacts that Wemby and Zach are bringing to the team in terms of finishing near the rim accurately. And then um, the last area where they're more, I would say, a lead in is uh, mid-range makes. They, they, they make the fourth most mid-range shots, 6.1 per game right now. Uh, and so... Uh, that's that's one where like I don't know if in 2023 if you quite want that. So when we think about their mid-range shooters, it's easily you know the eye test shows you it's Vassell, it's Malachi Branham, it's Victor Wembanyama. Those are the, those are their three two their three go-to players with mid-range makes. And so those players are um you, you know they're 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 good shooters from those areas. But again, you don't want the the full team taking those shots because that ends up being a lower percentage shot. So right now they are um they're fourth in the league at making those shots. Last year they were 15th. Uh, and then defensively, where they um, lead in, there's only two categories. Um, blocks, they're now fifth, um, which 6.2 per game, and that immediately gets attributed to Wemby being on the team. He he by himself is averaging 2.4 blocks per game. Last year, they were 26. So you see the stark difference there. Six this year, 26 last year, just by just by the fact that they've added Wemby uh, in blocking shots. However, as I'm going to mention a little bit later, it's not really having an impact on teams getting to the rim and finishing against the Spurs um, on the inside. Uh, and then lastly, another area where, where they're doing a good job in is opponent free throw makes. So they're not putting opponents on the free throw line um, too, too much. They're 10th they're in this category where opponents are making 17.2 um, free throws per, per game. And this tracks were with, with where they were last year. They were a pretty good team of not putting other teams on the line where they were 11th last year. And, and this has usually been a staple of a Greg Popovich defense is not trying to put your opponent on the line. So they're doing, those are the, the two areas on defense they're doing a really good job in. And on offense, those are the, um, the four or five areas where, where they're excelling in. Okay, so now let's talk about where that where are they? Um, I would say like okay or like decent. In. So again, not not super, you know, not really wowing you in this area, or not not like you know, not not horrible in this area. So again, eleven through twenty, where are they ranking? So let's first talk about offense. There's a few areas here. Effective field goal percentage. This is when you're tying in the three point shot with the two point shot. Um, they're 16, so about league average right there, 53.1% effective field goal percentage. Um, and that's uh, last year they were 26. So right now that's a, that's that's a pretty good difference. But again, it's not really equating to wins right now is what we're seeing that they're really um, struggling as a ball club. Dunk layup makes, so that restricted area, area they're 16th, so about league average, 16.9 per game. Um, last year, though, they were eighth in this area. So, so there has been a drawback here. And there's a few reasons for that that I, that I can see when I look at the data and also the eye test is teams really aren't guarding the players at the three. I put out a tweet recently, and I'll project it if you watch this on the video, where a lot of their shooters who get the core minutes, teams are completely backing off them um, for wide open threes. The only players who, who get a lot of attention are players like Devin Vassell, Doug McDermott, even Wemby gets a lot of attention because he doesn't really get a lot of um, 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 space against against from defenders. But aside from those three players, a lot of the Spurs' other players Players are getting a lot, um, a lot less attentions, and so teams are are backing off of those players from outside and not trusting them to make threes, and so they're crapping the paint. And then we constantly see that Wemby, when they're trying to get him looks inside to the post or you know those little duck in 
Indians that the, the, there's just two or three defenders constantly swarming at him. They're always near him. There's multiple bodies. And so that's the reason that, that defensive game plans are, you know, making that making a point to make sure they keep the Spurs out of the paint as much as possible. And so that that's, that's a reason why we do see that, that dip in um, dunk layup makes where they're about league average right now with 16.9 per game. The floater makes their 19th right now at 7.5 per game. And I would say that's an improvement because last year they were sixth. And so the reason why I say that's a good sign is because, you know, you don't, that's a very low efficient shot. You don't want players taking those, those floater range shots, um, you know, where they're in the paint, but, but they're, but they're not quite, um, you know, as close to the rim. And so unless it's, a Victor Wembanyama dunk because he can dunk from like outside that that three or four foot range. Unless it's it's a dunk by Wemby, you know. I, I again, I think the Spurs should try to stay away from that shot as much as possible. So I think that's an encouraging sign that they're not taking as many floater range shots this year so far to begin the year. Points in the paint, they're also 17th, um, kind of ties back to what I said, where teams are not, you know, they're more focused on taking away the paint from the Spurs, and they're making them shoot from outside, and of course the Spurs are struggling from there, and so they're they're averaging 48.7 points there, last year they were second, so again, this has been, I think, a big improvement on the on the defense on the other side, to to make sure they keep Wemby out of the paint as much as possible, because we saw against that one game against the Suns, where he had 38 points, he ended up having 20 points there alone in the paint. Mid-range field goal percentage, um, they're about 11, so um, you know a little, a little bit better than league average, 43.2%, which, again, it's not more than a point per shot when you shoot that, that kind of percentage. It's better than last year. They were 21st. And then three-point makes right now, they're 16th, which is about league average, um, and they're making 12.2 per game. Last year, they were 22nd. So, again, three-point makes, they're about league average. Not, um, But, again, it's obviously they're losing the three-point line a lot on a lot of nights um, because on the defensive end, they're giving up more threes um, to the opponent. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Now, defensively in this category, um, opponent offensive rebound percentage, they're, they're about league average, 16th here. 28.5% of the um, missed uh, uh, shots or opponents are grabbing their own misses, basically. Uh, last season, they were 24th. However, I'm going to talk about because an opponent's second chance points, opponent's second chance points, the Spurs don't rank very well. So again, I, I don't know if those two numbers tie in quite 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 as well. The opponent second, the, the opponent offensive rebounds and the second chance points. 
um, opponent floater percentage. This one has um, this one's where the Spurs are now 19th this year. Teams are shooting 45.2% um, against the Spurs when they take those floaters against them, which that's that's a that's a decent percentage. You want to keep them um, again that shot below 50%. So if you can do that, that's a pretty good sign for your defense. And then also the Spurs have improved in um, opponent mid-range field goal percentage. So uh, they're 17th in this category where teams are shooting 41.7%, which is again, a low, a low, low shooting number below 50%. Last year though, the Spurs were dead last. They were 30. Teams were just making any mid-range shot they wanted against the Spurs. And so this year, at least they're, they're being, um, they're not, they're not being as effective with that shot when they, when they go to it. But I will note that teams don't usually go to mid-rangers against the Spurs as often uh, because they're able to either get to the rim or get, get outside shots from three. Okay, and so now this is the area where we're gonna probably have a you're gonna there's gonna be a long list of, of issues here. And this is one of the reasons why the Spurs are struggling at three and eight overall and on a six-game losing streak. And these are the categories on offense and defense where the Spurs are bottom 10. So this is where it's gonna, you know, these are the areas that they really gotta shore up if they want to try to get some wins on the board. Cause if not, it's gonna be a very rough season because a lot of these numbers, as you're gonna see, their rank are very similar to last season. And we know what happened with last season's team. They ended up um, going 22 and 60, and they didn't, you know, they, they ended up being a top lottery team, which is great. But again, this team wants to try to improve and get some wins this year. They don't want to be quite like last year. So scoring overall, it's been a tough it's it's been a tough um, issue for the Spurs. Um, they're 29th in scoring right now, 106 points per 100, which was where they were last year, 29th um, ranked offense. In the half court, they really struggle. They're 22nd right now, according to Cleaning the Glass, where they're scoring 93.1 points per 100. So again, if they can't get out in transition, then they're stuck in, in the half court, and that's an area where they where their numbers go down even more. Um, and so that's one thing they're facing. They're not quite getting out on the break as as I thought they they would have. Um, they're they're twenty first right now in fast break scoring, twelve point seven points per game. Um, last year they were actually seventeen, so they were a little bit better last season. But again, if you're a young team who's struggling to um shoot from three from, from getting a lot of looks inside. Uh, as I'm going to talk about the free throw line, you want to try to get out and run. And you would think that's what the Spurs would have as their advantage, but it's not quite from what the numbers show right now. They're not able to get out in fast break and outscore and outscore their opponents and using their youth to their advantage. Uh, turnover percentage. This has obviously been a big one. It's the most recent one that's on everyone's mind um, in that recent loss um, that came at the hands of the Oklahoma City Thunder when the Spurs are just constantly turning it over multiple times, multiple players. Um, so right now they're ranked 23rd in, turno in turnover percentage. So they're giving the ball away 15.6% of the time of their possessions. That's actually a one um, ranked um, um, position better than last year. So last year they actually ended up 24th in this category. And so, um, you know, as we've seen in multiple games, it's not just one player, um, it's multiple players, but in terms of who gets like a lot of the minutes and a lot of the possessions in their hands, it's um, the three players that top out the most with the, with the highest um, turnover percentage is Wemby at 16.2%, which again, kind of understandable. It's, it's, he's a, he's a rookie. He's, he's barely, um, he's getting, he's the focal point of everyone's defense. You know, they're really game planning for him. Um, you know, he's seeing multiple two or three defender looks at, uh, per night whenever he catches the ball. And, and again, like Pop has kind of said, like they're not quite, I mean, you know, they're not exactly running every play for him just yet. They want to kind of let him kind of see where, where he fits most comfortable. And so it's, it's understandable that a rookie who's never played in the NBA at the NBA level, 19 years old, is going to struggle, especially when he's getting this much attention from the defense. So he's 16.2%. Then there's Zach Collins at 15.2%. And then Jeremy Sohan. Who's almost like who's also in a similar situation like Wemby, where he's in a whole new position he's not used to um, at 14.3%. So those are the top three players in terms of turnover percentage. And so uh, again, there's there's some there's there's some um there's some understandable um reasoning to this, but again, you know, how long um do the Spurs want to continue to ha have this going on, you know, before they start making maybe some lineup changes or things like that, uh, or or um, you know, putting in different plays or putting players at different positions, those kind of things. Uh when are those conversations take take um take place? Cause like I like I mentioned, they actually ended the year last year at 24th. 
uh, offensive rebounds. They're they're at they're at nine point seven per game. Um, last year they were actually they were seventh. I, I don't I didn't put the rank here today, but anyway, um, that's actually a lower number compared to last year. Their rank uh, this year with nine point seven per game. Their floater field goal percentage is also struggling at 40%. So again, when they take those floater range shots, um, they're only making them 40% of the time, which is a low efficiency number. Um, last year, they were 21st. So it kind of kind of um, follows where they were last year. Free throw mix. Um, this is another category where um, I thought maybe they would they would make some improvement with like Vassell being healthy with, with Wemby here now. You know, would they would they actually get like in the in the bottom 10? I mean, like, you know, the 20 to like 25 range of free throw um makes per game. And, and no, it doesn't look like it. They're still 30th right now, dead last. Um, they get to the line and make the shots 13.2 times per game. Last year they were 30th in this category. And so, like, aside from Wemby, um, uh, he, he he draws a lot of fouls each game, but but there's not really a player who's constantly like you know attacking the defense and getting those foul calls for the team. I, I know we've seen Vassell do it at, at crunch time, but you know it's not it's not a thing that he normally does throughout the 48 minute game. He's more so um, relies on on getting his separation from the defense um, in the in the mid range area or the three point arc area first. That's something that they they do need to try to improve on because again, if they're not getting fast break scoring, if they're struggling to shoot from three, if they're struggling to score inside, well then you, one of the easiest places you can get points from is the free throw line. But again, they're not they're not even getting to the line as, as often as other teams, and so that's also that's all, that's that's another area that leads to their 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 difficulties on offense. Three point field goal percentage. So like I mentioned, they have uh, players who are struggling from the outside um, on their jump shots, and so. Um, they're 21st in this area, making 34.9% of their threes. Uh, last year, they were 26. So this is actually a, an improvement compared to last year. And then wide open three-point makes, they're, ma they're 27th in this category, making 6.2 per game. Um, last year, they were also 27th. And then a wide wide open three point percentage. This this is what tells you that you know just the, the fact that the, the Spurs um, just don't have a lot of shooters out there is that let's just let's let's look at this, these, these two numbers. Wide open threes, the Spurs make 35.6. Just normal threes, whether they're open or not open, you know, they're guarded, they're making 34.9% of those threes. So again, it's just almost like a 1% difference in terms of being wide open. And usually there's a, there's a bigger difference, a bigger margin there, and there's not. There's It's showing, and this is why the defense feels comfortable just backing off a lot of these Spurs players, because they're seeing that, you know, whether we leave these guys open or not, they're going to end up, um, they're going to miss it most of the time, is what the percentages are saying right now. And so in this area, they are... Um, they were ranked 20, 29th last year. I forgot to put the ranking here, but again, they're making 35.6% of their, their shots. It's also, it's definitely in the bottom 10 because I wouldn't have it listed in this area if it wasn't in the bottom 10. So those are some of their issues on offense in terms of the bottom 10. Okay, and now let's go to defense um, on the bottom 10. So let's look at some of the, the categories. And just like offense, there's multiple areas here that we're going to have to outline. Uh, opponents scoring their 29th, um, allowing 119.4 points per 100. Last season, they were 30th. So, you know, one rank difference. Half-court defense are really struggling here. They're 28th right now, according to Cleaning the Glass, allowing 102.7 points per 100. So when they're not able, when they're able to get teams in the half-court, um, they're still, you know, teams are still executing against them, scoring over, over, um, scoring 102.7 points per 100. Uh, opponent effective field goal percentage. Um, this is 30th, um, dead last. So 58.2% of the shots when you combine like the twos and the threes of the opponent. And so at first I was like, you know, maybe this is just a little bit of like, you know, they're just getting some of the team's best nights shooting the ball, um, you know, in, in some of these nights. But again, the fact that it follows where they were last year, they were 30th. There's got to be some sort of a pattern here in a correlation. Uh, opponent fast fast break points. They're, they're 21st right now. So transition defense has been an, an issue for them. Um, they're allowing 15.5 points per game from this area. And that's uh, 24th. Um, they were 24th last year in this category. So again, 
that's one where it reminds you of, of what those turnovers lead to. OKC, a lot of those possessions where the Spurs turn it over, OKC runs on the other side um, with the fast break and scores. And so, um, again, if they're having trouble containing the, the, the um, opponents in the half court then, and then they can't do it in the transition, it's going to get even more difficult for the Spurs' defense if they can't tra- um, contain the transition. The next category is, was one that I thought we were going to see some um, some improvement from for the Spurs, especially from preseason. You know, having Wemby out there with all that size and length, and then just having a lot of the players talking about defense and really buying in and wreaking havoc on the floor, uh, hasn't quite shown it in the numbers. So when we talk about opponent turnover percentage, they're currently ranking 22nd, so they're only um, forcing the opponents into 13.5. Um, um, up their possessions end up in a turnover, which is which um, last year they were 20th, so they're actually better in this category last year. So again, I thought that would be an area where we'd see a remarkable difference, but we quite haven't just yet. Points off turnovers are, uh, as well. So since they're not making opponents turn the ball over, well, then the Spurs don't get those easy buckets on the other end. They're only averaging um, 15.2 um, points per game off um, points off turnovers, which is 24th. Um, last year, they were also 24th in this category. So again, if, if they're struggling to um, score on, on the scoring end, we, as we noted already, they have difficulty on offense. Well, then one of the ways you can put some points on the board is um, creating um, some some, di- some some turnovers for the defense and then or for the offense and the other team and then going getting out and running. And that's not quite happening just yet for the Spurs. In steals, they're currently ranked 21st with 6.2 per game. It kind of tracks where they were last year at 22nd. Um, opponent second chance points. This has been an issue with some of their losses. Um, they're they're 24th in this category, allowing 16.1 per game. Last year they were 26th. Uh, and then um opponent dunk layup makes. So teams are, are still attacking their defense inside at the at the at the easiest point, right, right near the not right near the rim. So um team they're 25th in this category. Teams are scoring 19.4 points per game against them in this in this area. And last year they were they were 29th in this area. So there, there is a little bit of a of a, of a um better increase. I mean. A little bit of an adjustment to, to be a little bit better in this category, but again, still bottom 10. And then opponent dunk layup field goal percentage um, is also an area of concern where they're 23rd. Um, teams are making 68.3% of their attempts near the rim against San Antonio. Uh, that That is actually um, a little bit um, worse than last year. Last year, they, they ranked 18th in this category. And then opponent points in the paint. Teams are still scoring 52.4 points per game in the paint against San Antonio, which um, makes them 22nd. Uh, last season they were 29 so that's actually a little bit of a, of a better um, um, uh, ranking there this season but again not not quite enough to get them out of the bot- bottom 10 so that's still an area of concern that teams are still when they when they do attack San Antonio's defense they're either kicking off for threes or they're getting to the closest area of the rim and scoring in the paint and then of course as, as we've watched and, and as I've talked about in this podcast opponent three-point makes and attempts are obviously an, an area of concern still for the Spurs so opponents are making um, 15.3 points per game I mean not, not points per game 15.3 po- threes per game against San Antonio, which is 29th last year, they were 22nd. So that's actually, they've actually fallen off and gotten worse than last year so far through 11 games. And then opponent three point field goal percentage. Um, the Spurs are dead last in the league at 30th. So teams are making 40% of their threes against San Antonio. And this tracks exactly where the Spurs were last season um, 30th. So, I mean, um, Again, we went through we went through the, the um, you know the good areas the, the the areas where the Spurs are top ten. There's not many of them. Then we went through like the okay you know decent areas, the, the league average areas, and then we went to the bottom ten. And like I said, um, you know it's gonna it's only been eleven games, very small sample size, but it is a, it is a, once you get to ten games, it's it's a good enough sample size to start painting some pictures. You know the numbers don't move too too much um, after each game from this point on. They kind of stay right around where where they're at. They're not going to move unless there's like there's just like multiple games of of, of a, um, one stat just increasing or, or decreasing. Will 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 some averages start? 
starts to finally finally dip a lot. Um, and so, you know, we'll see what happens with the Spurs. I know that right now, you know, one thing that's it's just reminding a lot of fans of when I check my mentions on Twitter is just all the injuries, you know, the early season injuries are starting to come out now. And so, you know, fans are getting worried. I see that the tank um, images coming in my in my in my um, comments and things like that. And so um, and then just looking at the record too, again, three and eight. And so, um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens with, with the Spurs. You know, you know, it's only uh, 11 games, like I said. We'll see where they're at, like a 25, 30 games, see what the sample size looks like then. I do want to get a, um, a sample look at maybe like a, a game 20 or game 25, somewhere around there to have a, a better understanding of the team. But also who's out there on the floor, you know, are, are, they, are they still dealing with a lot of injuries at this point or have things gotten better with them having full healthy lineups? And then we can really evaluate more of the data that way as well. So again, We'll kind of see what happens with the Spurs. We'll see if they snap their their losing their losing skid this weekend, either on Friday against the Kings or on Saturday against the Grizzlies. Um, aside from that, I probably won't record another um, Spurs cast episode until after Thanksgiving. So um, everyone have a a great Thanksgiving holiday break um, next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Spurs cast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review on YouTube and your favorite podcast apps. This episode was written, recorded, and produced by Paul Garcia. From all of us at Project Spurs. Stay safe. Have a great day. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.